What happens when school or workplace dress codes conflict with apostolic values and beliefs? Do believers have any legal recourse in these types of situations? Stay tuned to hear Dr. David K. Bernard's answer to this important question. Welcome to Apostolic Life in the 21st Century, a podcast dedicated to helping modern-day believers live out the teachings of the first-century church. This podcast is part of the teaching ministry of Dr. David K. Bernard. Dr. Bernard has dedicated his life to studying the Bible and helping believers apply its message to their daily lives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. This summer, there was a school district in North Texas that elicited some backlash when it implemented a new dress code for students. And interestingly, some of the items that were on the band list were dresses and skirts. This isn't the first time that we've seen school and workplace dress codes that conflict with apostolic values, particularly when it comes to issues such as gender distinction. So in nursing, for example, we've seen some uh, hospitals and clinics that will not allow nurses to wear a dress as part of their uniform. How do you feel like apostolics should respond to these types of situations? And maybe from a legal standpoint, can an employer or a school district force a believer to comply with these types of dictates? Well, first of all, let me uh, start with scripture. We do believe as apostolics that our dress should be different from the world. Specifically, uh, we believe in modesty of dress, avoiding ornamentation, and gender distinction between male and female. In modern Western culture, that means uh, we think men should wear pants but not skirts or dresses. We think women should wear skirts and dresses but not pants. Now, uh, if you haven't, if someone wants a theological discussion, I have a book called In Search of Holiness, another book called Practical Holiness. Both of them discuss it from a scriptural point of view, going back to Genesis 1, 27, Deuteronomy 22, 5, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 9 through 11. Uh, and so th- that would give you a theological basis. So this is how we choose to live. This is how we want to live. And by the way, we're not the only group that faces this. Um, the Amish, uh, and even though they don't interact too much with society, a lot of the Mennonites um, do, and they face these same issues. Uh, many Orthodox Jews and conservative Muslims uh, face the same type of thing, as well as other conservative Christian groups. So it is a matter of obeying the Bible, and it's also a matter of religious liberty. Now, the laws of different countries differ. I know when I grew up in Korea years ago, the government had um, a, a dress code for public schools. And part of that, uh, it, it, it varied at times, but during my time there, it, the typical thing was boys had to shave their heads and wear you know, a black uh, uniform, girls had to cut their hair right below their ears. And uh, while in sometimes they could wear skirts, I think other schools at different times required pants. Well, we had a big problem because many of our uh, church members were children and teenagers. In some cases, their parents weren't even believers. They were Buddhists or ancestor worshipers, but these children would receive the Holy Ghost. They would grow up in our church, and now they hear our teachings as a teenager. They want to follow them, and so sometimes the girls wouldn't cut their hair, um, and I remember in in some cases, uh, the, the teachers would get so angry, they'd yank them up in front of the class and chop off their hair with scissors and send them home, and then their parents would support the school because the parents were unbelievers. Um, and then likewise, uh, sometimes they would force them to put on pants. Well, obviously, 
When you don't have a choice like that, I believe God's grace covers you. You attempt to follow God's will, and you're 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 not able to do otherwise because of the authority in your life. So there are unusual circumstances, but in um, in American culture, we do have the First Amendment, which guarantees religious liberty. And uh, we have the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is supposed to um, guarantee that everybody's treated equally. And so we have a strong case. And as far back as when I was a law clerk, I worked on a case like this where a Pentecostal woman, I think she was a bus driver, and, and I worked on cases where uh, restaurants, they would be hired and then say, well, you have to wear this uniform and you cannot wear a dress. Uh, and sometimes in medical uh, situations, they say, you have to wear these scrubs. You can't wear a modified form. And they would say, well, it's because of safety, because a skirt might get caught in machinery or this or that or the other. But I think we can say, we can make the case, this is our religious conviction. Therefore, this is our First Amendment right under the U.S. Constitution. And whatever practical reasons you have, modesty, safety, health, we can find suitable alternatives that meet the, the goal of gender distinction, uh, which is scriptural, and yet fulfill any reasonable concern that any employer has. And so we have, there have been, uh, women have been successful, Pentecostal women have been successful either in appealing it internally to the company or the hospital and getting a change of policy, or if all else fails, taking the legal route to the EEOC, the government, or if necessary, filing a lawsuit and getting a court to, to order that. And I'm thankful to tell you that women do have more options today. Uh, styles change, but right now, dresses and skirts and, and modest flowing long dresses and skirts are more in fashion. So it's easier to get them in regular stores. Uh, but let me, let me just share a few places where they're, they're either apostolic or if not apostolic, at least focused on modest apparel, which can be used in the workplace or in sports. So even in uh, or sports activities, I should say, or leisure activities. So even when, let's say, the employer insist on something, uh, the woman can say, well, here's an alternative that meets whatever your concerns are and yet um, fulfills uh, my scriptural teaching. So there's, uh, and by the way, obviously I'm not officially recommending any business, but I'm just giving you examples. You can go online, look at them, see what you think. And, uh, uh, but there's a C Saucy, C-S-A-U-C-Y, which is focused on medical uh, uniform. So like uh, scrub skirts, for example, um, there's mod sportswear, there's dainty jewels, uh, spelled with two L's. Um, there's Snoga S N O G A. So those are some websites where there's some alternatives. So I would say if, um, and, and so far we don't really seem to have the issue with men and boys and they, they seem to be able to, you know, the government or the, uh, businesses don't seem to be forcing uh, men and boys to, to violate their convictions. So it's usually women and girls. So if you're faced with that, what I would say is do your research, come up with a godly, modest, um, gender-appropriate alternative, and go to the employer or school or um, you know government office and say, this is my religious conviction. I understand your policy and the reasons for it. Well, here is an alternative that meets the goals. 
Some people say, well, we want a uniform. Well, we can have something made that exactly matches your uniform, but is gender distinctive. And whatever your goal is in having a uniform is superseded by a constitutional right. Um, and in most cases, I think if you go through the process with the company or school and invoke the First Amendment, perhaps even need to get a letter from your pastor or even from headquarters, we'll be glad to send a letter saying this is the official position of our international organization of over 42,000 churches and 233 nations and territories. Um, this is what we believe. And here's the relevant statement in our articles of faith and in our manual. Um, and if all else fails, then then you can uh, go to a lawyer and see if a letter from a lawyer or filing a lawsuit is necessary. But hopefully that won't be necessary. In short, there are good options for apostolic women uh, to follow the teachings of Scripture and yet uh, participate in various employment um, positions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Apostolic Life in the 21st Century. If you enjoy this podcast, please take a moment to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. We also appreciate it when you share apostolic life in the 21st century with a friend or family member. And make plans to join us again next time as we look at how the Bible applies to everyday life.